1: The Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having an outstanding start to your weekend. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast. All the great audio content when it comes to BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPower, across all forms of social media, of course, at BatteryPower.com. And on any podcast platform you choose to listen to, free everywhere. If you want the best coverage when it comes to Braves baseball, subscribe to the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So Thursday night was certainly a special night in terms of the Braves celebrating their 2021 World Series title. But unfortunately, when their opening game started, the Braves just ran into a bunch of bad luck. Max Freed on the mound. The Braves' bats were certainly making loud contact, but it was resulting in outs. The Reds were running into a lot of, of good luck when it came to them putting, you know, balls in play, and the Braves lost 6-3. to three. Well, coming into Friday night, the Braves didn't want to waste any time making sure that they created a lot of room for error in case that were to happen again. By the end of the third inning, the Braves were up 7 to nothing and Charlie Morton was in the midst of a perfect game. And Charlie Morton looking outstanding on the mound again was certainly a great development. Great to see him back on the mound for the first time in a game that counted since breaking his leg during game 1 of the 2021 World Series. But of course the Braves overall were able to put some runs on the board. Two runs in the second, five runs in the fifth, and every bit of those runs were needed. It seemed at first the Braves were going to cruise to a pretty easy first win of the season, but unfortunately, Charlie Morton ran into a bit of trouble in the sixth. A.J. Minter gave up a two-run single to Tyler Stevenson, and then from there, what happened was that the Braves just simply once again ran into bad luck in the ninth inning. Both Will Smith and Tyler Matzik came into the game and looked very good in their first outings of the season. But then, Kenley Jansen, in his debut as a Brave, unfortunately just ran into some bad luck. He gave up three runs in the sixth inning, but thankfully, he was able to shut the door, and the Braves were able to win their first game of 2022, 7-6. We'll talk more on Morton in just a second, but one big thing that does stand out, actually a few aspects of this one big thing, is the Braves' offense is certainly firing on all cylinders when it comes to the first two games of the season. Sure, the Braves are 1-1. One one. Sure, they've only hit one home run. But we're talking about through 18 innings. I believe there's now eight outs that have been caught by the Reds on the warning track. The Braves last night, five, four of the five balls put in play by the Braves that were at 100 miles per hour or higher when it came to exit velocity, they resulted in outs. The Braves are making consistent Hard contact. And right now, more often than not, it's leading to outs, but the Braves are still doing it so much that they've gotten 10 runs through the first two games. But the other really, really encouraging factor, at least in my opinion, that's standing out, that's allowing for the Braves to overcome a night. Where four of their five hardest hit balls were outs was that the Braves are getting on base. Twelve walks through their first two games, and even though they did not hit a home run last night, they still were able to put together a big inning that wound up being ju- that wound up being you know huge because all seven of their runs were needed. But they were able to put together a big inning by getting timely hits with runners on base due to earning walks and then getting timely hits. A couple of other really fun factors about the offense is that the Braves at the corners, Austin Riley at third base, um, Matt Olson at first base. It's still, I'll, I'll admit, it's still hard not to say Freddie Freeman at times. But through two games, both Olson and Riley hit in 429. I know you can only put so much emphasis on two games worth of production, but yesterday they absolutely stood out. Austin Riley with two walks. Matt Olsen, three for five. He looked like he was going to have a fourth hit, which was going to be his first home run of the Brave, but he just missed. But overall, the production of those two has certainly been great to see and has really put the Braves' offense in a good position to produce. But the other thing about last night is it was the bottom of the order. Travis Darnot, three RBIs. Orlando Arcia, who I think many rightfully questioned why he was the option to DH last night versus other options the Braves had, he delivered two RBIs, simply taking advantage of runners being on base and delivering. That's going to be a key to this Braves offense, especially until Ronald Acuna Jr. gets back. If this Braves offense can put together four five, six, seven total walks per game. They've got enough bats to get the one or two big timely hits that they will need to support their pitching staff that more often than not are going to put them in a position to win, especially early in game. So the big takeaway from one of the big takeaways from last night is that whatever aspect of You want to talk about when it comes to the Braves. Yes, they're running into a little bad luck. But when it comes to the Braves offense, in terms of of making contact in general, making hard contact, getting on base, getting timely hits, the big stars producing, but also the entire lineup delivering when it needs to in every aspect, this Braves offense right now is certainly getting off to a very good start. But to me, overall, the biggest story of the night was the comeback story of both Charlie Morton and Travis Darno? We'll get into that in just a moment. Plus, we'll hear more from Morton and Darno themselves.
0: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work
1: So, of course, while the Braves' offense overall certainly was the story of last night, if you have to pinpoint two individuals who really stood out in terms of their performances, it was Charlie Morton on the mound and Travis Darno in the lineup. And I know I said comeback stories in the first segment of today's show, but the thing that I'm getting at is is that, you know, listen, it's not as if both players missed all of last year. Both players certainly played big roles in the Braves' World Series title run in 2021, especially in the playoffs. Charlie Morton was absolutely outstanding all season long, especially in the second half, but... Travis Darno missed a significant amount of time last year due to a hand injury. And, of course, Charlie Morton with the broken leg in Game 1 of the World Series. And then again in an offseason where it was very uncommon for a lot of these ballplayers with the lockout and the short offseason and what have you. You know, both Darno and Morton being able to come back. Darno having a very good spring. Morton looking good in the short stints that he has. It's very good to see not only them be back from their injuries, but as two veterans who really, really can add value in their roles, Darno behind the plate, Morton obviously being a co-ace of the staff, a a staff that, you know, is still trying to, you know, put the puzzle pieces together when it comes to the back end of the rotation. If good seasons can come from both Darno and Morton coming off their injuries last year, that will be a lot of value. It'll be an outstanding development for both Morton is the veteran in the staff and Darno is a veteran in the lineup to really be able to provide good value in their roles moving forward for the Braves. Darnot, Travis Darno talked with the media after the game discussing how impressive it is to see Charlie Morton back, talking about where he is to start the season and also his first few impressions of Matt Olson over the first two games.
0: Travis, you've seen Charlie probably there when he first came up. Where he's taken his game, and, and you think about where he was five months ago and where he is now. I mean, how much just determination, dedication, is does
2: he show just to to get to where he is at this stage? Uh, a tremendous amount. I, I think that the biggest part from it is all the young guys and our staff get to watch him do this. Uh, they all get to learn from someone who who puts in so much work and so much effort in his craft and uh, tries to be such a a perfectionist with uh, how he prepares. I think it benefits not only him, but the whole organization so much. uh, We're so grateful that he's here. How good do you feel this year after missing all that time last year, you kind of came back and not rushed back, but you missed a lot of time. Do you feel more like yourself this year? You had a great spring and yeah, it's, you know, it's, we've got 160 left. Um, you know, I, I'm, all I'm trying to focus on is short-term stuff like win the series, win the series. Um, you know, do my routine of uh, stretching and cold tub, hot tub, cold tub. I think it's called contrasting, I don't know what it's called. Uh, but yeah, I feel good. I feel really good and um, happy to be back. Good to see you, good. Tonight. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, I told him to go to the weight room afterwards, but uh, <laughs> I can't believe that ball didn't go out. But I'm, I'm going to blame it on the cold weather. i blame it on the cold weather. What does uh Charlie? I mean, right now, I mean,
0: obviously he's a front line guy. He's an ace, whatever you want to call him. But I mean, at 38 years old is it incredible to think that he might be in the top five, top ten, wherever yeah. you want to put starters?
2: Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's it's unheard of. Nowadays, especially with everybody throwing max effort basically every time, I mean, for his body to to be able to sustain that max effort every throw, and he's he's one of a kind, one of one. That's what we all say. He's one of one.
1: One big contributing factor to the fact that both Darno and Charlie Morton were both able to have outstanding games, coming off seasons in which they did experience significant injuries, is that they've been here before. They are both veterans of their craft, and Charlie Morton spoke to that. You know, certainly the broken leg in Game One was an unexpected development. Certainly something that you never want to see. But Charlie Morton specifically talked about how he's been here before, and as a veteran, you know what to expect of yourself, and that's why he was able to bounce back and deliver once again despite last season ending with the broken leg.
0: About Coming back from the, <laughs> the leg fracture, but how satisfying is it just to get out there and pitch as effectively, effectively as you did here five months later? Yeah, I honestly didn't even think about the leg. Um, I just think it was at, at some point you just gotta move on. And I think I, honestly, I just think I've rehabbed enough injuries and enough had enough surgeries in the offseason that just made my offseason season. That, like, basically like my season just a rehab where this is just I mean I've done it before so it's you know I know what to expect of myself and then also I think just the stage I'm at in my career where I just um, I just think it's about being a pro and being accountable and doing my job and I honestly I just didn't think about it.
1: So once again, it's great to see both Travis Darno and Charlie Morton having outstanding games. And again, if both of those veterans can have excellent starts to the season, that can really help out the Braves as they await the return of Ronald Acuna Jr. and others as the season progresses. But speaking of early season narratives, speaking of early season, you know, ho hope when it comes to the rest of the Braves rotation, we get our first glimpse of Kyle Wright tonight at... Truest Park. For the Braves, it'll be Kyle Wright on the mound. For the Reds, it'll be Vladimir Gutierrez. And in both the cases of Gutierrez and Wright, their respective teams are hoping that both young right-handers are able to finally put it together and have breakout seasons. Gutierrez last year at times was very good for the Reds. The hope, at least for me as a Braves fan and a guy that covers the Braves, the hope is he starts his breakout season next start. But the focus, obviously, for the Braves is Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, who had an outstanding, spring training the hope is is that he can work off of that and be able to get off to a great start this season. But we've heard this narrative before, right? We've heard this narrative of Kyle Wright seeing him put together some strong starts. We saw it at the end of the 2020 season. Was hoping that it would lead to good stuff last season at the Major League level. It never really materialized. That's been the story of Kyle Wright over the past few seasons. He'll show flashes. He'll show you know two or three innings to where he can be outstanding, but he either cannot get past He cannot avoid the one beginning, whether it's due to wildness, whether it's due to home runs, whether it's due to not being able to locate his pitch pitches, to get strikeouts, for whatever reason, Kyle Wright has not been able to string together you know, a few weeks to a month to six weeks worth of good success so far in his major league career to really allow for him to build a foundation to work off of to have that breakout season. Well, now he has every opportunity to do exactly that. He showed how amazing his stuff can be at times in spring training. He's going to have every opportunity to work off of that and get that foundation created to hopefully have a breakout season this year. But let's also be honest, if he runs into struggles once again, you eventually run to the point to where your faith in him ever being able to figure it out That starts to come into question. I'm not saying this is going to be Kyle Wright's last opportunity to put it together, but if it doesn't happen this year, your faith that he ever will put it together certainly becomes less than certain. So every opportunity is there for Kyle Wright to take advantage of what he did in the spring and make it work for this outing with the Braves because at the end of the day, when it comes to the back end of the Braves rotation, when you get past Max Fried, when you get past Charlie Morton, and I'll even start this conversation with Ian Anderson. When you get to Ian Anderson, when you get to Kyle Wright, when you get to Waskar Yanoa or any of the other young Braves pitchers who eventually come into the ro- rotation, even Spencer Strider, if he were to enter the Braves rotation this year, after Freed and Morton, you're not necessarily looking for dominance. You'll take dominance all day long, but with how good the Braves' offense can be and with how good this Braves' bullpen can be, all that the Braves are looking for from the third, fifth, fourth, and fifth spots in their rotation is pitching good enough a few times through the opposing lineup to limit the damage to allow for the Braves' offense and then the bullpen to take over. Because if the third, fourth, and fifth spots in the Braves' starting rotation, more often than not, can allow a few runs or less two times through the order against the opposing lineup, The Braves' bullpen and the Braves' lineup, more times than not, are going to be able to win those games. So that's all we're looking for when it comes to Kyle Wright. Just simply putting together a quality four, five, six innings, going through the Reds' lineup without allowing a lot of damage and then allowing for the Braves' bats and bullpen to take over. If Kyle Wright can put together a string of starts where he does exactly that, where at the very least he's consistently putting the Braves in a position to win, that's going to build that foundation I was speaking of a few moments ago and that really could propel him to have a very good season. It's certainly going to be fun to watch. The Braves now 1-1 one one on the season. A good opportunity going into the weekend to hopefully get a few more wins and get a series win to start off the 2022 season. Ken, thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Early next week you will see the debut of the battery power podcast for the 2022 season and of course you can listen to the road to atlanta podcast as well all a part of the battery power podcast network find it at batterypower.com at Battery Power SBN on all forms of social media. Available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the best Braves coverage that's out there. Also, make sure you check out Battery Power TV with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney. Every week, they'll break down the week's actions for the Braves, given their perspectives on all things Braves as well. My name's Sean Coleman. Can't thank you enough. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. We'll see you next week here on The Daily Hammer.